0: Welcome to another episode of Two Guys in a Chainsaw. I'm Todd. And I'm Craig. Well, here we are on week two of our Halloween countdown, Uh, looking for Halloween horror movies. Last week was just perfect. Uh, Gothic. Man, you know, you pick a movie about uh, the birth of Mary Shelley's Frankenstein and uh, the story that sort of led to Bram Stoker's Dracula that takes place in this crazy ass mansion has pretty much every horror movie cliche in there. Yeah. <laughs> that was a good way to kick it off. I uh, I applaud you for choosing
1: that. Thank you. I enjoyed it.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was fun to talk about. This week we kind of happened upon this. I sent you a list of why propositions for the month, and you yeah. have yet to even respond to that list. I don't
1: know. I'm so, in- I'm so indecisive. I can't decide things.
0: But normally we sort this stuff out. I don't know what it is about this year, but normally we sort this stuff out pretty quickly That's true. between the two of us.
1: Anyway, yeah, this week we're doing 1988's The Lady in White. And it's funny because I know that our friend, Heather, has requested this for years. Yeah. But I think we've gotten re- I think it's been a request from other people at certain points in time, too. And I have no idea why it took us this long to do it. Mm. It's bizarre to me. Like, I put this movie on. I'm like, you know, I pull up the IMDb page. I'm like, oh, it's Lucas Haas in the leading role. Like, I remember him, Uh you know, when we were kids. Then I started looking at some of the other casts, and I'm like, I know all of these people. And I started the movie... And I texted you, <laughs> I'm like, I'm three minutes into this movie and I f***ing love it. Like, yeah. <laughs> I now have yeah. theories as to why maybe I'm not familiar with it. But in those first few minutes, I'm like, how have I not seen this?
0: Right. Had you seen it? You know what's funny is I had also not seen it. And I also can't believe I haven't seen it. This was right. This should be right up there with the monster club and something <laughs> wicked this way comes. Yeah, and, I mean. You know, it's got the feels of all of those 80s kid Mm -hmm. neighborhood adventure type scary movies with heart and funny bits and, you know, ultimately kind of a family friendly ghost story is what this turns out to be, although it has some dark moments. Oh, I my
1: was- God. That's why I said, like, <laughs> I, I I kind of understand maybe why I didn't see it, because I feel like, I don't know what the time, I feel like it's it's a great portrait of the time. But today, there's some stuff in here that it, I feel like it would be difficult to air on television
0: yeah they're
1: just like casual use of the n-word like up until that point up until that point i was like oh my god this is so cute like how do i and then boom n-word and i'm like what no okay this is why i haven't seen this movie
0: up to that point i was thinking huh this I, this might be a, a good enough movie for me to show my son. Like I know. Then the N word comes, and then somebody gets blasted in the face, and then like,
1: <laughs> there's a whole the whole mystery plot is around not just a child murderer, but very specifically a child molester.
0: Yes, that becomes <laughs> obvious. <laughs> like I,
1: I feel like it's so crazy that that's in this movie that appears to be for children. I believe that this movie is for kids, yeah. and I also believe that if I had seen this movie when I was a kid, it would have been one of my favorite movies ever.
0: Right. It's
1: got so many things in it that I just absolutely adore. Watching it from an adult's perspective, like I'm giving it side-eye every once in a while, like, Uh. what? (laughs) But if I had seen it when I was a kid, I am positive that I would have absolutely loved it.
0: I think a lot of the more disturbing elements of it, be that, I mean, I saw some fairly shocking things on in movies as a kid. Heck, even kids movies back then ha- would occasionally have things like that in it. So, I think most of of the stuff that I kind of give the side eye right now as an adult probably would have gone right over my head just like those things did when I was a child. Absolutely. I, you know, I have uh, that that's kind of what I was trying to get at,
1: like the movies that we grew up with are different than movies that are targeted at children today. I feel like the movies that we grew up with didn't treat kids with kids' gloves as much as movies do today. This movie's got, like jerking off jokes in it (laughs) it's got all kinds of crazy shit that i'm like this would never happen today child murder right and molestation but you know i even think about i have a friend a colleague who is my age and we agree like we you know we have the same childhood experience we liked all the same things grew up with the same bands like totally totally in sync but she cannot watch or, like, participate in any nostalgia for the Goonies because she doesn't like the fat phobia and the way that disabilities are portrayed uh. in the movie. And I see their point of view.
0: <laughs> right.
1: Yeah. Gosh, it was just such a different time. And, and, and the same thing is going on here. Aside from the casual use of the N-word, which I actually talked to my sister. My sister watched this movie because I was watching it. And we were talking about it. And she was talking about how she liked it. But she brought that up, that like the N-word just pops up.
0: This jarring. <laughs> it's
1: it's jarring and it's just like it immediately disqualifies. I was gonna tell her, oh, you should watch this with your daughter, my niece, because um, they like the you know they like the same kind of stuff that I do. It, that's not the only thing either. Yeah, I don't remember if we have said this yet or not. I think I did. Heather recommended this. Yeah, right. When I was watching it, I was texting her, too. I'm like, oh, this is great. Thank you for recommending it. And she said, yeah, it's really nostalgic. It reminds me of To Kill a Mockingbird. Now, when I was texting her, I was only three minutes in. But now that I've seen the whole thing, there is like that whole, I feel like there's a racial element of this movie.
0: And that is, it's odd because it is not essential to the core story. There's a lot in this movie that's not essential to the core story. And it's so chock full of that that if you were to take out those bits, I think it would be a nice, tight 90 minutes. It would have been maybe not so oddly received. I don't think this movie, well, it didn't do well at the box office. It's not well remembered as far as I know. It kind of should be because, like we've just been talking about, you know, its pedigree. But. In a way, it's so chock full of random stuff and little side plots and little diversions and things that aren't really essential to the story that I think the writer and director are the same guy. And this is um, Frank. And producer. Yeah, Frank Lelagia. And he went through a really interesting money-raising process to to make this movie by basically turning it into like a a penny stocks thing, like creating a, a production company with his friend. And then had people all around the country like basically selling stock in this production company. Uh, it took like three years before they could finally get the money together. And then they were really, really tight with the budget. And it worked out well for them. That movie made made some money for them. They definitely recouped their costs. But it was a bit of a box office bomb. I looked it up. Roger Ebert liked it. He gave it like three stars and had a lot of really nice things to say about it. And nothing really that negative. But yeah, like I think as I was watching, I'm like, God, this movie is long. It's long. I'm not sure I would have had the patience for this as a kid. And I think why it feels so long is there's there's just so much stuff in here that is central to setting up the time period and nostalgic little things that isn't really essential to the plot.
1: You're absolutely right, one hundred percent. I just wanna out of the gate say I liked it. <laughs> like yeah, I, I did me too. I liked this movie. Me too. Uh, I, I think it's beautifully shot. Like the the opening, it reminds me of the opening of Something Wicked This Way Comes, which oh, yeah. we've talked about a bazillion it's like times. Stolen it's like, from it. <laughs> oh right. You know, <laughs> it's just shot this, for shot. Well oh my god, and the voiceover
0: Willow Point Falls was with... Just like any other small town. At least, that's the way it seemed to me. There's even a guy out in front of his cigar store sweeping. (laughs) Like, with with a cigar store Indian in the window, like, Oh my god.
1: <laughs> but it's like universal back lot small town America mm-hmm. and the leaves are falling and oh it's so Halloweeny. like there's jack-o'-lanterns all over the place and like just that I, I I'm not even looking at my notes but if I were because I was taking so many notes I'm like okay so here are the things that we have. Bike jumps over a creek. B- bridges over a river. Every kid is in a halloween costume yeah an old lady sprays frank with a hose there are stray <laughs> dogs everywhere nuns, nuns. The catholic school kids hitting frank and then the nun scares the dogs like <laughs> it is just the most like 1950s 60s nostalgia yeah, that just slays me like and they were laying it on thick and I'm like, I am in like yeah. I am so into this.
0: I'm not going to have much critical, bad, bad, critical things to say about this movie because I also loved it. And I'm a sucker for this kind of movie. Yeah, I think we both are. So, of course, I was watching it and smiling the whole way through. I suppose somebody who's coming into this first time or maybe from a different era or maybe just doesn't have this degree of nostalgia for these kind of stories that we do would probably say, this movie lays it on so thick, it's almost embarrassing. (laughs) Loved it. I I liked it too. There are moments in here where they take some tangents off just to be silly and goofy and like, this is what kids do and this is how kids play and isn't it cute and it's charming and this kid's the goofy one and this kid's the mean one and, you know, like there's so much of that in here that is, again, not at all really essential to the plot. Characters who have very little to do with the story, who are just in there oh, to do these little things. Yeah, I think I think there are people who might hear our podcast, who would go to watch this movie after we've gushed over it, and would maybe be scratching our heads if they weren't of the same mindset. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> you know? Well,
1: and I have no idea. I have no idea what the demographics of our audience is, but... I would guess that maybe some of them are, like, people our age. And if you are somebody our age, and if you haven't seen it, this movie is going to be just, like, an amazing nostalgia bomb because there yeah. are so many people in it. Like, yes, Lucas Haas, like, he was this cute, super cute kid actor because he has these ginormous eyes. And ears. And this I'm pretty sure that this is his first movie and it's hilarious like in one of the opening (laughs) scenes the first scene I think that he speaks and he screams at his brother oh I think I may need you to put in that scene because it's like what are you trying to do kill me? (laughs) <laughs> He's screaming <laughs> at the top of his lungs. It's hilarious. His acting gets a little bit more calmed down through the rest of the movie. But then his brother is named Gino in the movie. He's played by a kid named Jason Presson, uh-huh. who I was so familiar to me. I think that I remember him from The Explorers with, uh, I think, River Phoenix was in that movie. and maybe
0: Was he in that? I'm
1: pretty sure. Oh. The oh. one where they like build a spaceship out of like garbage oh, cans. Oh, I
0: love that movie. We watched that like a billion times. Oh, it's fantastic.
1: But he he's been in lots of other stuff Gremlins
0: too. Gremlins too. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, really enjoyed seeing him. He's cute, super funny. There's a kind of bully named Donald. Like, he's kind of a bully, but he's not, like, a super bad kid. Yeah. Like, I feel like he's kind of, you know, friends with the main guy. Uh, But he was played by the same kid who was Josh's best friend in Big... Yes. And he was also in Overboard. He was one of the sons of the man who kidnapped and manipulated a woman into marriage. Yes. Uh, In that movie.
0: He was also in Honey, Honey I Shrunk the Kids. Oh, that's right. He was Mm -hmm.
1: Russ. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He was great. Oh, God. He's great. Great 80s actor. And he was, I said he was in Overboard with the woman who played mona on yeah.
0: who's the boss yeah. who is
1: also in this movie Ugh. and who plays the woman in white which this is so weird because we haven't even really gotten into talking into the plot and the movie is called lady in white she's barely a part of the story
0: yeah and and half the time it's mostly her sister who's not white-haired at all
1: <laughs> no and no and they should have called it like Ghost girl, because that's a far more integral part of a little
0: girl in curls or something. Yeah, I would, yeah, saying.
1: the lady in white just kind of shows up randomly every once in a while to be spooky. Another thing that I loved about this movie is that it reminded me very much of like after school specials yes that's that's what it feels like tone. in the shooting especially that that shot where lucas haas is in his bed like dreaming or something and then the woman in white is right outside his window and the wind is always blowing and her hair is blowing
0: Good. it felt
1: very after school special to me and i loved it
0: those after school specials i think another reason why this felt totally like that it also reminded me of it because of the whole kid angle and the yeah. kind of like yeah all these different things that happened in town
1: it, and hold on real quick, it kind of felt like a TV movie, because it felt like there were commercial breaks built in. Yes,
0: it did. Mm-hmm. And and it just kind of cramped, like, those after-school specials were either little kid adventures that were just light and fun, really serious, like, uh, you know, don't do drugs, my brother has AIDS <laughs> kind of things. Yeah, or, yeah. Or, like, spooky ghost stories, right? And this is, like, has all of these things in it.
1: <laughs> I don't remember if I ever saw it, but I've definitely seen the scene. There was, like, an after-school special that... I think Helen Hunt started and like she smoked weed or something and then freaked out and threw herself out of like a three-story window and died. (laughs) Look it up on YouTube. It's hilarious. God. Uh, It's so funny. But no, yeah, it it does. This reminds me of that. But it's also, it's so cute. Like, you you guys, those of you who didn't grow up with us in the 80s, I, I can't explain it to you but movies were different <laughs> yeah Back then. they just like i don't know there was just some magical there even this movie that ultimately is pretty silly there are just some magical moments even i i'm not gonna try to defend the acid trippy screensaver special effects. Like, right. <laughs> <laughs> even though I enjoyed them, I'm not going to try to defend it. But
0: It's a low-budget movie,
1: yeah. You've got a kid who's kind of a nerd. No, I love this kid. Like, the teacher who I had, was also in a bazillion things in the 80s. The teacher calls him up. She's like, it's Halloween. And they're all in costumes. They're like having a Halloween party. And she's like, it's Halloween. And now Frank is going to read us a story that he wrote. <laughs> and he reads the story. What is it? The Beast that... Ate New York The Beast or that Destroyed yeah. London. The Beast that Destroyed London. Right. And he tells this whole story about a sea monster that ate all the people. And the bullies are, like, picking on him and being kind of hilarious. And then he finishes the story. But just when everyone had given up, thrown in the towel, and really become depressed, a miracle occurred. The ground began to open up, and the monster, who weighed at least a million tons, sank into the huge hole, eaten up by the only thing bigger than him, the earth. And the depressed citizens of London applauded and cheered, and there was nothing to be frightened about anymore unless the monster had a baby. But that's impossible. Or is it? And the teacher and the little girl that he has a crush on both gasp, like, (gasps) (laughs)
0: Yeah. Like the teacher was so into and scared by this story.
1: (laughs) And then it's so cute. Uh, Everybody else, it's the end of the school day. Everybody else leaves. The teacher's sitting at her desk and the only people that don't leave are Frank and the little girl with braces who has a crush on him. And she looks at him with a great big smile and says, uh, I wish I was as weird as you. And then she dances out of the room. <laughs> I was dying. I like, funny. this is my favorite movie. <laughs> so cute so stinking cute
0: i thought this bit with this little girl being like having a crush on him would like go somewhere i thought it would you know be a thread through the no. whole movie but it just gets kind of dropped it's just for that scene
1: nothing really goes anywhere and you can take me to task because <laughs> i just listened to our last released episode where i complained and complained how things didn't go anywhere and that is true of this movie too Ugh. and i don't
0: care <laughs> Because this movie wasn't made by a bunch of Italians in the 70s. Is that what it is? This
1: (laughs) this movie is cute and engaging. So he gets bullied by those boys and they trick him into getting into the cloakroom. Oh, my God. How cute is it that there's a a A cloakroom
0: in the classroom?
1: Yeah, it's so cute. I desperately want a cloakroom in my classroom. (laughs)
0: <laughs> remember invaders from mars had a similar little room in there uh-huh. i felt like they shot in the same classroom that's how similar it all looked
1: oh it's adorable <laughs> but they they trick him into going in there after school and uh they lock him in that's mean and plus it's it's halloween and so not only are they locking him in there but they're depriving him of halloween i thought that was so shitty
0: also, bullies in the 80s were way, way more cruel than they are now.
1: Yeah, mean, 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 mean. But he's in there, and then a little ghost girl comes. And what? I don't know. She's just like, hey, I'm a ghost girl.
0: This stretches credulity a little bit, because ghost girl comes in, and uh, he's sitting up in the corner. He's got his little vampire mask on. It's a cute, it's a cute costume, by the way. I love the mask. The mask apparently, um, the director wrote did a movie just before this. It was only his only other movie before this called "See No Evil," which is on my list, and I think we need to do. But in that movie, they shot in a mansion, I believe that used to belong to Bella Lugosi or had some connection to it, and I don't know. Somehow, the main star in that movie was kind of vamping it up, and uh, he asked him to design a mask that gave the impression of Bella Lugosi without actually being him. And I thought that. Mask it looked appropriately like a nineteen sixty something Halloween mask. It was very cool.
1: Oh, yeah, I read that too, and that's exactly what I got from it. Like mm-hmm. I, I knew exactly what it was going for and I thought it was fantastic. And and then the thing that I read was like people just thought it was like a Richard Nixon mask what i think whoever wrote that must have been high on drugs because i don't know what they're talking about you
0: can't always trust the trivia on imdbs because people can just
1: yeah it definitely looks like a dracula mask if you don't make the bella lugosi connection fine but it definitely looks like a vampire mask and it's great like it's like a paper mache kind of homemade looking thing uh and i loved it i thought it was great
0: and this kid is into these things, too. Like, we see his bedroom yeah. later, and he's, again, another one of these kids from these movies, like Monster Squad or whatever, who just right. hey, peppers his, ha- his room full of uh, science fiction and horror stuff.
1: but And he's got comics and figurines. Like, I love this kid.
0: Yeah. He's great. It's cool. It paints a picture of him. It also has v- nothing to do with the story, either. Like, no. usually these kids in the story, you know, people will say, oh, you're imagining things because that's what you're into. And it, it doesn't even go there. It's kind of funny. No.
1: No, this this is a, it's, it's not a, su- well, I guess it is supernatural because there's ghosts, <laughs> but it's, it's really, it's a mystery. Like he sees this girl and then he sees her violently assaulted. <laughs> like that yes. is, Oh my God. I was like, what is happening? The assailant is invisible throughout the entire movie until you find out who it is at the end uh-huh. but when you see the assa- you see the assault and it is violent and he murders this little girl
0: chokes her out I guess yeah and then picks her up and
1: uh, you don't see this immediately that's all he sees in there all right okay so we'll stay with that and then by the way yeah
0: uh, he's sitting up on the shelf by this window and that's this is like a, a huge icon of the movie because it's yeah, in like yeah. the poster and stuff like that. That's what I remember seeing on the shelf as a kid. And the school has a graveyard right behind it. <laughs> Apparently. And, which is weird.
1: But also And a haunted forest and cliffs oh, God. And...
0: don't get me started on the forest. But, <laughs> but, but... <laughs> pulled straight out of Hansel and Gretel suddenly <laughs> at every time of day. <laughs> it reminded me of that Company of Wolves, that Angel Lansbury movie we did. Mm-hmm. I feel like they, they shot yep. it on the same set, but there it made sense. <laughs> Here was just like, really? Wait, this, this town in fantasy land? But this graveyard, which I thought would be like a key story element because it's spooky and it's made to look spooky and it's behind the school and stuff, also has nothing to do with them.
1: No. Nothing.
0: Ah. <sighs> But might as well stick it in there.
1: Oh, it looks good. I like it. So that's it. So he sees that
0: and then. Coincidentally.
1: I'm not going by my notes at all. So I apologize if I'm jumping around. But it turns out this guy, some, some guy, like you can't see him, comes in and starts pulling up the floor vent grate. Yes. And and this appears to be a real guy. And there's a what's supposed to be a very tense scene where like there's a rat up on the shelves where the kid is hiding. And the guy hears the rat and shines his flashlight on the rat but doesn't see the kid, which I'm not sure if I buy. But then the rat crawls on the kid and the kid reacts. And the guy sees him and grabs him and chokes him out. Yeah. But then it goes to black and... And the next thing that... Wait, is that when he said he died? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That was the first trippy part, right? He
0: has the visions. I I liked this part of the movie, actually. But I've got to say, what a coincidence, right? I guess it's Halloween night, so that's why the ghost appeared?
1: No, the ghost appears every night.
0: So if you're not locked in the cloakroom overnight, you're just not going to see it.
1: Right. But don't you remember, the teacher says... They're replacing the furnace
0: Yes, over the I, weekend. I do remember that.
1: It, and it was so, like, when she said it, I'm like, well, obviously that's important. Like, why would yeah. you say that? <laughs> so apparently somebody killed this girl in this room. And now that they're replacing the furnace, what, 11 years later... He's afraid that maybe there's some evidence in there. Are it's you so... kidding me?
0: <laughs> that's stupid. so dumb.
1: It's fine. It sounds... Did you read Encyclopedia Brown when you were a kid? Yeah. <laughs> You're right. That's what, it, that's what it makes me think of. Mm. <laughs> like, clues. Like, and, <laughs> and so And so after he gets choked out, eventually he goes back, and he pulls up the vent, and he finds a hair clip. <laughs> and a a class ring like it's so encyclopedia brown it is. like clues clues clues
0: I looked at it <laughs> what I was seeing when I was watching this I was like and and especially as the clues get put together I realized this is going to have to be one of these mystery movies where by the end of it once the killer's found out he just kind of like reveals himself to everybody <laughs> because there's no way this kid is building a case against him that he could take to the cops and hold up in a court of law <laughs>
1: that's crazy the weird subplot is that everybody just assumes that it's the janitor yeah of the school who did it and and it's not only lucas haas that has been uh assaulted but like over the past seven years or 10 years, I don't know, like 11 kids have been killed. Most of them were from the city that they can see from their town. Yeah. What city was that supposed to be? I don't know. know.
0: That gets dropped, but that's, it was like a a horrible matte painting, honestly. I loved it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
1: it didn't matter, but most of the kids were from the city except for the first one who was a girl from their town. And they just assume that the janitor... Did it because he's black?
0: Like, I guess. Because racism? I mean, they,
1: they even talk about that. Like, I feel like it's very heavy-handed because um, Lucas Haas' dad, who's the dad from Dream Little Dream, uh-huh. one of the great Corey movies of the 90s, but even the dad is like, nah, why do we just automatically assume he did it? Like, the, almost the,
0: everyone is, is saying that even the yeah.
1: even the cop the janitor's motive is that he got drunk and passed out like that's legit i mean i guess i mean he was on he was on the premises i guess but they really
0: they don't have any evidence
1: well even the sheriff i feel like the sheriff goes to the dad at some point Yes. I didn't understand that scene. I didn't understand what the sheriff was trying to do. Was the was the sheriff trying to get the dad to in some way protest it? Look, yeah! all I'm saying is unless
0: Frankie can verify that it wasn't Williams that attacked him. Come on, Ray. You've talked to Frankie. He told you it was too dark to tell. They're going to put Harold Williams away. I guarantee Where's it. Where's that proof? He was in the building, Al. What the hell was he doing there in the middle of the night? He got drunk and passed out. His
1: goddamn prints were all over that cloakroom. And all over the rest of the school. He works there, for Christ's sakes. He's the janitor. I'm telling you, that doesn't matter. This case has been making monkeys out of all of us for the past ten years. Harold Williams is a perfect scapegoat. He's black. And I I couldn't tell if he was saying that, like, oh that's a good thing, or, oh, this is an injustice. I couldn't tell what he was
0: saying. At first, I thought he was saying it, that this is a good thing. But then as the movie went on, and I saw his whole attitude toward this whole thing, he seemed as skeptical as everybody else. Yet here he is in a position to do something about it, but he doesn't, which kind of made me think, is this just a very overly simplistic, kind of to kill a mockingbird type situation, where... This movie's trying to be too nice and trying to make us believe that all of these characters that we see, none of them are racist and all of them are very uncomfortable about this. It's just that it was a different time and they were sort of powerless and kind of had to go along with the faceless people who were not seen and mentioned in this movie that want to just take the black guy down.
1: I Yeah, and I think that if we're going to in any way kind of address the whole movie. We're just going to have to tackle one thing at a time. So I think we should just, like, yeah. this uh, This guy, it's a thing. Like, he's accused of all of these murders. Well, and then his wife and kids are suffering too because some lady, like, calls them out in church and this poor wife, you know, passes out and has to be carried out of church. But then, ultimately, the grand jury decides that there's not enough evidence to indict this guy. So he's released. And we see him... I so knew where this was going, and I was yeah. so angry. I was so angry, and I I wanted the movie to defy my expectations
0: because yeah, I knew too.
1: exactly where it was going. So he comes out, and he talks to the press, and he's like, I'm just so happy to be able to go home. You know, they're they're going to take me to the jail so I can get my stuff, and then they're going to take me home. And his wife and kids are there, and he gets into the back of a police car, and his wife is on one side, and the woman who confronted the wife in church tells her husband, I want to go apologize to him, which she does. She goes to the other side of the car and says, I'm sorry for all you've been through and then she pulls out a gun and blows his head off! And not only does she shoot him, but because the wife is right behind him on the other side of the car, she gets shot too. And she's just in shock and then you never see them again. I feel like there's a point. They're making the director, the because the writer, the director, the producer—they're all the same person. This person is making a point, but then it just—it's just dropped. Yeah, there's no more to it.
0: I, I really feel like this is like just a little bit of overzealous world building. It's sort of like this movie is supposed to be this, you know, dandelion wine, like the magical summer of 1967 right. or whatever, yeah. you know, in my youth, and here are all the things that happened during there. But it does, therefore, kind of lose focus on the story because of it. Because ultimately, although, I mean, it's a very tenuously connected to the story. And like you said, it's just dropped. (laughs) That's frustrating. So, yeah, I mean, again, I'll fault it for that. And this is another reason why I think by the end of it, I felt like, boy, the movie felt a little long. And that's probably why there were things like this in there that didn't really need to be, that was like, okay, well, that was an interesting diversion, but what about the ghost and what's going to happen to the kid?
1: Well, we haven't even talked about that, right? Like, that's, that's the whole story. Like, there's this ghost girl, like, she just keeps showing up and she keeps saying, like, my mommy is lost, help me find her.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I,
1: I I say it in that annoying voice only because that happens multiple times. It's not annoying. It was kind of cute and, like...
0: It's the cute child ghost thing that appears yeah. to the other kid and... Practically becomes a playmate, except when she suddenly stops talking to him in random places and starts reenacting the events of that night, which, like I said, you said, right, kind of happens every night.
1: Yeah, and eventually, after the kid gets attacked, this, we may be, I may be going back a little bit, but this is something that I definitely wanted to talk about. After the kid gets attacked in the hospital and they bring him home to recuperate, by the way... There are a grandma and grandpa couple. Oh who my are God. Hilarious. <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> like, there's a running joke that the grandpa smokes but the grandma doesn't like it and so she's always like foiling his attempts to smoke and stuff and my favorite one was one night where they were just sitting at dinner and what somebody said where's grandpa and she says he's drowning himself because i hit his cigarettes and then it cuts to him with his head submerged in the bathtub (laughs) (sighs) i thought that was so funny i was dying laughing
0: you say it's funny i think some people would say it's kind of corny and a oh it's little, super corny i
1: loved it oh it's ridiculous it's so weird it's ridiculous it's
0: ridiculous and it's very much movies of this time had this kind of thing in there all the time i would say look i agree with you i still love this movie but i thought this whole bit this running gag was not very well played. I thought it was a little stilted. Uh, I don't know if it was overacting or just stereotypical immigrant kind of like. Oh,
1: yeah, it was for sure. I kind
0: of found it a little cringy.
1: Oh, it was over the top, silly, stupid intentionally. And I thought that was hilarious. And 80s movies were like that, like you just said. For sure. And I know that I don't have to tell you that, but okay so after the kid is attacked then like he's recovering at home he's got like a neck brace and stuff I don't know whatever but Phil and Tony come to visit him (laughs) who are these men now is (laughs) who are they who are they Uh, and are they a couple
0: (laughs) (laughs) I know right I was asking myself that the whole time (laughs) I guess they're childhood friends of the dad? Well, one of them. We, is, I mean, we Phil find is, out Phil, Phil is. is, and it seems it's never explicitly but stated. It, but is
1: Tony his husband? <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. In my world, he is Phil. It's <laughs> yeah, Uncle, Uncle Phil and Tony.
0: Yeah, I, I have an Uncle Bill and Uncle Scott, so I completely understand. Yeah,
1: super nice and. uh... They visit him and bring him a bow, as in a bow and arrow. Oh, uh-huh. gosh. All right. So then what? So then then they kind of, like, uh, the ghost girl comes to Frank's room. Wait. Frank is Lucas Haas.
0: I'm sorry, real quick, since you brought up Phil and Tony, and since we're probably going to go over on this episode anyway, can you talk to me a little bit about what his dad does? What Lucas?
1: Oh, he's an iron worker. He's an iron I worker. I love that. And
0: so Phil works there too, right? Because yeah, they're I think both so. working on the the gate to the cemetery. For the cemetery mm-hmm. that that we see at the wraparound story. We didn't even mention the wraparound store. No, it doesn't wrap around. It, it like no,
1: it's, a book, it's just introductory. And that's that's the director, right?
0: Y- oh, is it?
1: Doesn't? Oh, okay. I am pretty sure Frank Lugluglug Lug, Lug plays
0: the adult Frank. Yeah. Oh, interesting. It's so funny because by the end of the movie, I was like, why did we not come back to the wraparound? Why did this just end here?
1: I know. It's weird. So the ghost girl just shows up a lot. I don't... She shows up. She types on his typewriter, but we never see what she types. Like, I thought that would surely be
0: something. Yeah, she does a lot of ghostly things that you just kind of, like... I don't know. There's like a contractual obligation, I think, if you're doing a ghost girl story that all these things kind of have to be in there, even if they don't make sense.
1: And the woman in white... She starts showing up, I guess, and...
0: Because of the creepy old house. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. The kids go to this, like, creepy house, and I had no idea why they were there. Maybe I missed a line of dialogue or something. And then I realized, is this just the neighborhood creepy house?
1: Frank is just hanging out. This part of the movie doesn't make any sense because there's a house, like, on his street, where he says the creepy old woman lives and yes. we look at that house for a second and we see her like looking out the window but then we never see that house again correct and then they uh are always talking about this cottage by the cliffs and like that's the creepy house and then it's supposed to be abandoned but it's clean and fully furnished <laughs> <laughs> And that from that point forward, that's where we keep seeing Amanda, the yeah. woman in white. I
0: did not get that. So at I don't
1: all. even know why they bothered to introduce that other house. Like I, I think that the suggestion is that's where she lives, and this other house was the house as it ultimately turns out. Oh my God, she's like it a was. It caretaker. was her. No, I think it was either her daughter or her sister. Her sister who was the mom.
0: Yes, of this of this girl.
1: Of the ghost girl. Uh And there's the ghost girl. (laughs) (laughs) I will beat myself up if I don't tell this story because I don't have a lot of cool stories from my life. But Amanda is played by Catherine Hellman, who was Mona on Who's the Boss, who was by far and away the best character on that show. Oh, yeah she was like the slutty grandma and she was fantastic <laughs> i saw her in a live production a dinner theater production of uh, noises off no way yeah in st louis missouri when i was in high school my high school drama club took a road trip and to see noises off a dinner theater <laughs> I love it, and and we got there. Of course, you know this is before the internet. Well, the internet existed, but we didn't have it yet. Um, so I had no idea. So I got there and I opened the playbill, and I saw that she was in it, and I was so starstruck. Like it was like <laughs> a moment in my life. Like. I am going to see Mona from Who's the Boss in a play. Oh my gosh. How was she? Oh, she was fantastic. Oh, she was great. She was great.
0: She died not long ago, 2019, just before, just missed out on all the COVID excitement.
1: Really? Oh my goodness. She must have been a hundred years old.
0: Yeah. She was born in 1929. And I mean, uh, always good. Honestly, I thought also, look, this movie is full of good acting. Uh, There's some cringy, weird acting, but, you know, I I have no really no real complaints about the acting in the movie, except sometimes it's a little over the top. Her scenes, especially when she kind of goes in and we get the whole backstory. Fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic acting.
1: (laughs) I kind of wish that she had more to do because she just kind of creeps around, like floats around with arms outstretched. And it's great. It's so like it's it's old school ghost story story. For kids yeah <laughs> you know spooky she's she's pale she's gaunt she seemingly kind of floats around with her arms outstretched she's got this long wispy hair a high hairline she's kind of got a bride of frankenstein or bride of dracula thing going mm. on um, but it's great it's it's spooky not in a shit your pants scary way, but just in a a spooky
0: Spooky ghost way, way. yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's sort of a, if you're not listening, you're probably gonna miss it moment where somebody happens to mention that there was a woman who committed suicide there, threw herself off the cliff because her daughter was murdered.
1: Right, and that's it. There's no sense in skirting around it. That's what happens. We see it happen. At some point, Gino, who's the brother also sees the ghost he and Frank follow it because Frank's like she it's almost 10 o'clock that's what time it was when she gets killed in the tower and so they they go there and she's already been killed again and her invisible assailant is uh, carrying her away. Frank's like, he's taking her to the cliffs and Frank runs after her, and Gino conveniently like steps on some glass so he can't fall or whatever, but Frank yeah. <laughs> sees this invisible assailant. This was horrifying too. This was like, terrible. As, as though it weren't enough that he had violently murdered her, as it turns out, she wasn't dead, so she wakes up and is horrified to find herself <laughs> being thrown off a cliff yes. and screams for her mother <laughs> before he throws oh. her off the I, cliff.
0: I love the balls of this movie. I absolutely yeah.
1: love the it balls. It does not pull punches. <laughs> mm-hmm. We,
0: I sometimes, and I think we've talked about this before, lose so much respect for a horror movie that comes right up to the point where you think they're going to kill a kid, and then it backs away and doesn't really do it, and you know, Of course, nobody wants to see a kid die, but that's like cross that taboo every once in a while, right? Like, get some balls. And this movie, it was the last movie that I thought was going to cross this taboo. Because it's
1: for kids. Like, it's clearly a movie for children.
0: (laughs) 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 It's bad enough a kid already died, but now we see this kid being held over a cliff, waking up. Oh, she's not dead, screams for her mom and then plummets to her death. Oh my god!
1: Horrible, and then and then the mother runs out, and she's like in a like a pristine white gown, and like the wind is
0: flowing. She already looks like a ghost. She 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 dressed properly for the afterlife. Uh, That that much is true. Right,
1: and she looks down and sees her daughter's mangled body (laughs) swept away (laughs) by the waves.
0: (laughs) Oh my god! (sighs) jesus (sighs) oh <sighs>
1: jesus <sighs> so she sees that and so then she raises her arms and her billowing gown makes her look like an angel which the ghost girl has already like shown an angel ornament to the boy like help me find my mother whatever um and like an angel she like throws herself off the cliff Yep. supposedly that's how she died too but the central mystery is who is the child molester killer? What's his but Frank found all that evidence. First of all, when he went into the abandoned cottage that is perfectly clean and fully furnished, uh. Uh, he obviously found Ghost Girl's bedroom and on her bureau was a jewelry box that had, like, three sets of hair clips, but one hair clip was missing, and it was the one that he found. I know, this
0: is like a point click adventure game at this point. Yeah, (laughs) right, right. right So he
1: just puts it back, and then maybe he has a vision, I don't know, whatever. But the other thing that he found was, like, a class ring, and he dropped it in his room, and his brother found it, Yeah, and then later... The kid's like, oh, I have some evidence, and he tries to show it to his brother, and he's like, oh, I th- I must have lost it. But the brother doesn't say anything. That was weird to me. Like, yeah. why are we keeping secrets? Like,
0: it didn't make sense.
1: Because ultimately, ultimately, Gino does his own investigating. He gets in his dad's trunk— She's he's not supposed to. Does his dad have porn in there? Like, I know. That... He,
0: his dad is so upset when he finds that he was in his <laughs> trunk. He's like, I told you there's nothing in there that concerns you. Like, <laughs> Jesus. And honestly, after that response, I had a, a moment in my head where I thought, they're not setting up the dad to be the killer, are they? Because no, I was I... pretty sure. I had this thing figured out oh, about yeah. 10 minutes into the movie, and I and, and I wasn't wrong.
1: It wasn't. No, it wasn't 10 minutes. There was a scene. There's a scene where uh, Frank is at the factory, and he's, like, eavesdropping. No, that's
0: toward the end. But, yeah. Uh-huh.
1: <sighs> the, you figured it out before that? I didn't figure it out Dude, before that.
0: He was the only... You know how it works with movies? It's going to be the guy who has no other reason to be in this movie. And... Well, it wasn't the black guy because we knew he was the setup. This friend, this family friend who just comes over every now and then and plays with these guys, I was like, (laughs) why are we seeing him? Why is he every now and then, you know, chumming up with Frank? Of course it's him.
1: (laughs) I didn't figure it out until... I just thought they were the friendly gay uncles until he comes up behind him. Like, uh, Frank is, like, eavesdropping on his dad and somebody else. I don't even remember what those people are talking about, but Uncle Phil or whatever. <laughs> and apparently, like, apparently... There's a, there's a really weird scene where Phil and the dad have a heart-to-heart on yeah. the porch and, like, cry... You know, when we were kids, nothing frightened me more than the thought of losing my parents.
0: Then I watched it happen to you. Both of them within a year. If it hadn't been for your mother and father, I don't know what I would have done. It took a lot of strength to deal with a loss like that.
1: Stuff. A lot of mixed emotions. But, costa la vita.
0: Eventually, you grow up. You grow out of them. I used to think fear was something you grow out of, like uh, hmm. being afraid of the dark. But now, with Marion gone, I'm more fearful than ever. You know, Philly, the thing that scares me the most is the thought of losing one of my kids.
1: So these guys are tight, they're like br- like brothers. Uh-huh. Anyway, he ends up being behind that kid on the stairwell and the kid turns around and it's kind of a creepy shot of him and I have in my notes, is Phil the killer? Uh. <laughs> and then, okay, so the brother Gino has the ring and fortunately for us viewers the rings have initials inscribed in them uh-huh. um, and it like he compares the found ring to his dad's ring and they're the same they're from the same year so he gets out his dad's yearbook and he looks it up and he finds his dad in the yearbook and then he looks up the other initials um, and even though the first initial isn't P apparently Phil is this guy's middle name Yeah, um, and he finds him. And then obviously the brother knows. And ultimately we find out that the brother alerts everyone and the dad knows and the police know, but Frank doesn't know.
0: <laughs> and he's,
1: he's out shooting really a arrows <laughs> with, uncle phil and they're having a great time and it's so much fun and then frank gets in the car and uncle phil starts whistling that song
0: just before that though uncle phil's like let's, oh that let's molesty shoot, part let's shoot one more arrow and he gets down next to him cheek to cheek and it's like all right now hold it steady and then he kind of looks over at him and he's got his cheek he kind of rubs it up against him a little more takes oh, a breath in god. god that was creepy as hell
1: Oh, it was so I have in my notes super molesty vibes. <laughs> like, yeah, and part of it, like the the acting was good. Like, yeah, the, the guy who played Phil was giving me those gross vibes. But a big part of it was just the camera work. It was a tight close up.
0: Inti- yeah, it was very intimate. Oh,
1: of the right of their faces pressed together. Yeah. <sighs> Yeah, big molester vibes. But, but then he, he whistles and sings, That's a, have you ever seen a dream walking? I've heard that song before, I don't remember where. I think I've heard it in a movie I've heard it in a movie
0: before It's a song, I don't think we mentioned it But it's a song that the little girl ghost keeps, keeps singing And saying that's her favorite song
1: Well, and when she's attacked the first time She says to the assailant I know what your favorite song is Because you sing it all the time Uh huh <laughs> Random So obviously that's going to be a big deal And convenient. so now Phil says it And I loved this scene In my notes I have Frank knows and Phil knows. He knows. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then I, and the next thing, Frank locks himself in the car. Phil fucking, loses it. Yeah. <laughs> like, he turns into a madman.
0: Yeah. <laughs> like, it is crazy. I loved this sequence. This sequence was tense, well shot. Like, the whole movie's very well shot, honestly. Yeah. This sequence is really tense. I didn't think he was going to get out of that car. But he does. He gets out of the car and immediately runs into the spooky old woods.
1: <laughs> right. and, and but, fr- but when he's in the car, Frank's like, just, just, oh God, I don't know. He's like, I- I'm not going to hurt you. I'm not going to hurt you. Uh, it's very scary because this is, you know, kind of legit upsetting. This is basically this kid's uncle uh-huh. like somebody that he loves and trusts grew up
0: with yeah who does things for him and takes him places
1: yeah and you also or at least I did got the impression that Phil really loves this kid too uh-huh. like because when he when he attacked him he says this you know w- when we were in the cloak room I didn't know it was you because you had your mask on and that's true. Uh he he didn't know uh that it was him and I don't think that he wants to hurt this kid when I uh was looking at you know stuff about this movie I I scrolled down on IMDb to the comments and the first one you know that popped up gave a, a pretty good review of the movie but they said that their only complaint about it was that the killer's motives are never even discussed really except for that when they think it's the janitor phil and the dad talk about that and isn't it phil who says something like these guys don't need a motive they're just sick yeah doesn't he say something like that
0: he does you're right Mm -hmm.
1: so i guess that's enough of a motive I, I, i mean and i guess that that's true to life like you don't always know yeah what happened what people do behind closed doors the the people who seem the most normal
0: and you know the the psychotic people are really good at manipulating folks to get this you know it kind of comes with that personality right so of course they're also really good at at uh at being trusted and gaining people's trust you know in all aspects of their life so they always it's always that guy oh god i, I everybody trusts him everybody thinks he's great well yeah that's what allows him th- that's his tool right. you know that gets the trust of these kids to murder them or to lock him in his basement you know for 20 years and whatever right. you know, all, all these kind of things that you find in the news so
1: uh, well that's I, i'm like it was upsetting it was upsetting like because he chases him into the creepy woods and there's like a confrontation in the woods where he's con- trying to convince him, you know like just give me the ring nobody has to know and like your dad can't know and then like he starts crying like oh. about his dad
0: yeah He's like, i really upset about, it. at this point, it sets us up for the end of the movie anyway, where he's Well, he's to-
1: losing everything. It's, you can't sympathize with no. a child molester slash murderer. No. But- I understand. Yeah, he's there's this shameful thing in his life and now it's his world is crumbling around him. I understand why he feels that way.
0: And he tells him he could never look his dad in the eye. It's already been set up how close friends they are. He says, I could never look at your father in the eye, you know, and talk about this or or admit what I've done or anything like that so uh the kid gets out what does he put the car in gear i don't remember somehow he gets the
1: weird thing the weird thing about that scene to me was that like night fell in 30 seconds yeah it was really kind of a weird sequence and he chases him to the cottage and he chases him around the cottage and he's throttling him like he's going to kill him but the whole time he's saying just tell me and what you know and we don't have to tell anybody but he's Killing him, and then the the lady in white hits him over the head with a brick. This last part was, (sighs) yeah, I find it I find it funny. Yeah, not not in that I didn't like it, but it is humorous. Like the whole house. Then okay, so he wakes up in ghost girl's bed in this fully furnished and clean abandoned cottage. Amanda is playing the piano, which we've been told before that she used to teach kids piano. And then she like creeps over to him and she's like, "Don't worry." And she tells the whole story like that the woman was my sister and when her daughter was killed, she couldn't handle it and she just killed herself and I wanted to kill myself and I tried and that's why they put me away, but now I'm back, blah blah blah. Her
0: acting was great in this. I really I really like the acting. This is what I was talking about I enjoyed
1: about it. I don't know if I would say it was amazing acting, but I really enjoyed it. Well,
0: I would say it's it was.
1: It was fun and, <laughs> and ghosty. <Okay>. I, <laughs> I'm not saying that it was in any way bad. I'm just saying I don't know how much this actress really had to put into it. Like It's just kind of ghostly, but she's great. I liked it too.
0: How beautiful she was and
1: how she loved her little girl. She lived and died for her. I wanted to die, too, but they wouldn't let me. What is the good of living when all that you love is gone? Even in death, she couldn't rest. I know. I see her roaming the cliffs at night, searching for her little girl. Calling out her name. Melissa. Lucas Haas is weeping. <laughs> I'm not yeah. sure. She I'm not exactly sure why. About yeah. He's just laying there weeping.
0: He's also surrounded by about a million candles. That's yeah. more than lit in the house. And
1: she says, Don't worry, I killed that guy. And then it is a very ghostly shot from his perspective, where it's just her face right in his face. And she's kind of pulling away above him. And I, again, I knew it was coming. Mm-hmm. You see Phil come up behind her and he starts strangling her. Like she just starts choking. Even before you see him, she starts choking. And then she's fighting him. And then. They knock over candles and the house catches on fire and he violently beats her to death? Yeah. (laughs) Right? Yeah. Oh boy. Uh, one way or another, like when the movie was over, cause more happens when the movie was over, I was like, so Amanda's dead, right? Cause the house <laughs> burns down.
0: It's true. <laughs> we, don't get, we don't get to see her ghost float away. Abelie, let's just put it no. that way.
1: <laughs> no, the others we do. He, uh, he violently beats Amanda to death and then he struggles with the kid in the house that is engulfed in flames. They end up outside, and he takes him to the cliff like he's going to throw him off.
0: Oh, God.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So (laughs) I watched this yesterday after having just come home from a one-year-old's birthday party. And I was uh, talking to... I don't know what you call your cousin's wife. My in-law, I don't know. My cousin-in-law. Your cousin-in-law. I was, D- yeah. I was talking to my cousin's wife and she was talking about how her kid, her her youngest, is who's still a baby, gives her monkey hugs. <laughs> and that's when, <laughs> that's when he wraps his arms and legs around oh, and just yeah. won't let go. <laughs> Lucas Haas monkey hugs this guy <laughs> and just won't let go. And the guy's trying to like pry him off oh and i don't remember i don't know somehow lucas haas kind of falls off the cliff but he's hanging on to something and then like phil is like kind of gonna help him up but doesn't i don't, I don't know.
0: Yeah, i'm not i don't remember how all that went down because then by now like the rest of the the police and everybody show up <laughs> yeah with the father and the and the kid they all show up but they all stand far away and watch all this go down yeah
1: it's so weird.
0: Like, what? And, and, like, does
1: the mom ghost, like, she comes down from heaven in a bolt of lightning.
0: And startles Phil, uh, which causes him to fall off the it. Yeah. <laughs> in
1: a <laughs> bolt of lightning. <laughs> like,
0: literally. Oh, God. That that was hilarious. And so
1: then he falls off, and then, like, like. There's a, a good full five minutes of people hanging off the cliff. Right. Oh God, <laughs> and and so like like the kid is hanging off the cliff, and then he gets up, and then Phil is hanging off the cliff, and then it seems like he falls, but he didn't really fall. And then like the dad tries to save him, but looking in the dad's eyes, he just can't. Like nope can't do it.
0: No, Kill gonna have him. to and, gonna have and, to die.
1: Yeah, and, and so he lets go. Then, so then he falls off the cliff, and then the mother, the ghost mom, and the ghost daughter are reunited. Oh my god! And then- <laughs> <laughs> Heather, Heather, I was texting Heather, and she's like, "You have to tell me what you think when it's over, because I usually cry at the end." <laughs> and and then she texted me again later, and she's like, "I just rewatched it, and I didn't cry. I blame yeah. <laughs> it on pregnancy. The last time I watched it, I was pregnant." <laughs>
0: oh <laughs> could it have had something to do with the special effects being a little distracting. Oh they're terrible. It looks like a big metal cage or something comes comes over them and then like in some sort of like Star Wars beam me up moment, they shoot off into the sky. Oh, they might as well strange. have like zoomed across the sky in a heart shaped pattern. That's kind of what it yeah, the, the level of effects and corniness of everything.
1: They they do a little curly cue up there yeah. before they shoot off into heaven.
0: I also love how there were those blue screen shots of those of the people falling into the water that are so unconvincing. That
1: Phil's death was hilarious. <laughs> it, he was clearly laying on a floor, just flailing his arms, ah,
0: and right. they
1: superimposed that badly <laughs> over some water. It was huh hilarious and then that's and then that's what i have and then like it's snowing on the cottage that is engulfed in flames and that's just it like that's where i have in my notes so amanda's dead i i guess right like which is fine because she wanted to be dead (laughs) but it would have been nice if they had let her ghost fly off with them too
0: yeah yeah I don't, they, I don't know they need another bolt of lighting or something to come down to make that happen. I suppose
1: I enjoyed this movie. It was fun. <laughs> I like it was two hours long, and that is too long of a movie for me, but I enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah, there was good stuff going on. there is some problematic and just outright. Curious stuff going like what? There's some weird shit. We didn't even really talk about his acid trip when he dies, that was <laughs> insane! <laughs> insane, but like, there's some great nostalgic actors in here. I think it's beautifully shot, aside from those weird special effects. Like, uh, I already talked about the autumn, it also goes through Christmas, and it was yeah. like. It felt like Christmas in my house. Like It was great. It was fantastic. So I, I think there's a lot going for it.
0: No, I agree with you. It's kind of a jumbled mess of a movie in, in, yeah. in all the fun right ways, honestly. I, it doesn't probably stand the test of time for a modern audience. No. <laughs> but I think that's why we like it is because... It's kind of, it kind of checks all the boxes. Corny mm-hmm. special effects, childhood ad- neighborhood adventure, you know.
1: Kids riding bikes. Like, oh, yeah. My God. I never, ever see kids riding bikes, and it makes me so sad. Some of the greatest adventures of my childhood were just riding bikes somewhere and just getting into mischief. Yeah, it makes me sad that kids don't get that.
0: That was going through my head the whole time we were watching that, that I just said to Liz, because she was watching with me, I said, you know what, when we were like that age, like a bike was freedom.
1: Yeah, you go anywhere.
0: It's like a 16-year-old getting a car, you know, it's the mm-hmm. younger kid version of that. Suddenly you can go everywhere, and your parents let you, yeah. you know, like you could just go everywhere, which just you've gotten your own little adventures, that's really kind of like maybe why we're so nostalgic for it, you know, is oh, because yeah. it. It brings back those actual memories that we have.
1: Yeah. I mean, I yeah, I, I, try, I try not to be that guy who gets so wound up in nostalgia because I'm sure kids are having their own great experiences today that I just don't understand. You know, like when they are our age, they'll talk about things the way that we're talking about this, but it does it makes me sad cuz yeah. i just have such amazing memories of riding all over town with my friends and my cousins and getting into trouble like you know like doing yeah. stuff that we weren't supposed to do Writing to the literally riding to the video store at 12 13 years old and renting r rated movies and taking them home and staying up all night watching these terrible horror movies Ugh. It's kind of the basis of my whole identity. I suppose that's why I'm nostalgic
0: about it. <laughs> I, think, I think if you're like us, if everything that we're saying resonates with you, you're going to like all this movie this movie as yeah. much as we do, despite yeah, admittedly all of its problematic and head-scratching moments. Yeah, it's fun. Man, we're two for two for Halloween movies uh, this yeah. time. I can't wait to see what we come up with for the next two weeks, presumably because I'd like to prepare. <laughs> so so we better figure this out soon we will have figured it out though by the time you listen to this podcast and by the way, thank you for listening to this podcast. If you enjoyed it, please let other people know about it. There's no more perfect time of the year to introduce people to our podcast than October when we are the giddiest and doing, you know, presumably some of the most fun and lovely movies that we're going to do all year. So also please consider supporting the podcast. Get behind the scenes with our Patreon, patreon.com slash Chainsaw Podcast. Just five bucks a month or ten if you're feeling particularly generous. It gets you access to a whole bunch of behind the scenes stuff off sods, an interview with the two of us our complete unedited phone call which we're good friends and if you want to uh, eavesdrop on our conversations become a member
1: i like the unedited ones because they get to hear like the stupid tangents that i go off on
0: <laughs> I, I like i'm such a dork that you are until next time i'm todd and i'm crazy with two guys in a chainsaw <laughs>